0: I'm Lindsay Berra and welcome to Food of the Gods, a podcast that explores how elite athletes eat and train to fuel performance. This is part one of our conversation with 34 year old Chris Hogan, who is newly retired following 10 seasons as an NFL wide receiver and a brief stint as a midfielder in the premier lacrosse league. Chris was a standout lacrosse player at Penn State for three seasons before leaving to play one year of college football at Monmouth University. He joined the NFL as an undrafted free agent in 2011, played for eight different teams and appeared in three consecutive Super Bowls with the New England Patriots, winning in 2016 and 2018. In retirement, Chris still eats and trains like a multi-sport athlete, but he's also focusing on a new game, golf.
1: I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Where are you? I live in Long Island. I'm actually currently helping paint my sister-in-law's new house that they're moving into. So they're trying to get everything done. Uh, they're moving in Monday. So we're over here offering our services. Aren't you nice? <laughs> <laughs> family. Fam- they say family. Like-
0: in family, I guess they that's that saying. The only friends you keep are the friends who help you move. But I guess your family is obligated
1: to help you. Um, yep, obligated. That's <laughs> pretty funny.
0: So you're a Jersey guy. You you grew up not too far from me. I grew up in Livingston. You're you're a Bergen County guy, but you don't live in New
1: Jersey anymore. No, uh, my parents are down in Jersey Shore. They live in Mantoloking. Oh, nice! And then my I have a younger brother and sister, but they're both uh, ones in Manhattan, ones in uh, Hoboken.
0: Nice. I was a
1: uh, Bayhead
0: and Lavalette lifeguard for eight years,
1: so right. Oh, right awesome! Your, yeah, uh, that's what we did. neck of we, the woods. Yeah, we grew up going to Bayhead, so
0: pretty cool. My mom had a yeah. condo on Johnson Street, right, right on Johnson and Main Avenue, right there. Um, oh, okay. For a really, really long time, and she's in Point Pleasant Borough now. But yeah, we're nice. down there. We're down there. That's a great spot.
1: Yeah, we love it down there.
0: So you were a baseball player as a kid, were you not?
1: Yeah, I was. Baseball was like my main sport, really, till freshman year of high school. I ended up having like a shoulder injury that back in the day, you know, they weren't diagnosing people with anything, but, you know, I just threw a pitch one day and felt my shoulder grab. And then from there, it just like never got any better. And I think I saw a chiropractor to see if he could heal it. You know, it's, it's such a different time. but. Yeah, I, I played a lot of baseball and then made the switch to lacrosse because I just needed a something to do during the springtime, so and, and the summer.
0: And lacrosse didn't bother
1: that shoulder. No, it didn't at all. So I don't know what the just, I guess the the overall throwing motion. I mean, it's, it, it still bothers me to this day. It's like something that I guess just never healed. But. Do
0: you know what it is? Like, was it diagnosed eventually?
1: They said that it was like. I mean, I have torn labrums, rotator cuff tears. I mean, everything in my shoulders are a disaster. But I think when I was younger, they diagnosed it as just like, over, like my rotator cuff wasn't growing quickly enough. So there was a lot of friction and it just kind of caused a lot of inflammation, I guess, and tendonitis. And it just... Ice and STEM was not the best treatment for it, but this was 20 years ago.
0: (laughs) It's like that. I wish I didn't know now what I didn't know then.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Did you play football all along as a kid?
1: I played soccer, I guess, till I got to about like fifth grade. And then I made the transition to football. For me, it was soccer kind of, I was, I guess, being a little too rough. And uh, so my parents... I asked him if I could switch over to football. And I switched over probably when I was like, I guess, 10 or 11 years old and uh, played ever since. Yeah. Too too rambunctious. Yeah. <laughs> um, so
0: football and lacrosse all through high school, you were very good at both. What made you choose to play lacrosse at least first at Penn State?
1: I mean, it was so it was a pretty tough decision for me just because I obviously love playing both sports and had opportunities to go play at the next level at the collegiate level for both sports at good schools. I think lacrosse for me, I, I saw the opportunity to go to better schools. You know, it was opening up doors and and I really could have gone wherever I wanted to in lacrosse and football, you know, I had a a couple of options and D one options and ultimately I went to a Penn state football game, for my official visit to for the lacrosse team. And they took me to they took me on the field to a Penn State Ohio State football game. And I signed the next day because I said, <laughs> you know, I thought that the school was amazing. And, you know, I had a real opportunity to play right away there and be a part of that program that was kind of up and coming. And no one really was guiding me, you know, one way or the other or was going to tell me in, you know, five years you were going to be playing in the NFL. So that really wasn't on my mind. It was more of just kind of going to a good school, going to a good program, and then making the most of it.
0: When you kind of look back, I mean, there's a lot of guys with crazy stories about how they ended up in the NFL or whatever professional league they play in, whether they were undrafted or playing overseas or came from another sport. But you just said, you know, if anyone had said to you in five years I'd be playing in the NFL, like who knew that, right? Do you yeah. just ever look back at that and go, "Holy moly, that was a crazy road to, to travel"? <laughs> I mean, three years of elite level across, and then you end up playing professionally a sport that you really only played for one year in college.
1: Yeah, I mean, the path that I took to get to where I ended up was definitely a, a wild journey, <laughs> uh, to put it mildly. But it was for me, I. I when I finished playing lacrosse and I was on pace to graduate for at Penn state. And I knew I had an extra year of eligibility. I knew I kind of wanted to cross that off the bucket list of playing college football and didn't really want to look back, you know, in 10 years from that time and say, dang, I really wish I would have tried to play college football. And at the time I didn't really know what was going to happen or where it was going to go. But for me, it was really just about checking that box and didn't know what was going to go from there. What got you specifically to Monmouth? I mean, the ties obviously to Jersey and the whole transfer process was long and grueling process that I needed to find a reason to transfer, to go to a different school, enter a grad program. And ultimately what happened was Monmouth just worked out and it was the easiest path for me to get into a school and go play for a team, which was one double a football, but still very good football. And to me, it really didn't, that didn't really matter. Being so close to home was great just because, you know, it was an hour and a half from where I grew up. I was familiar with a lot of the guys on the team because I had played against some of them in high school. The coaches knew me from high school, even four years removed, they still remembered recruiting me. So was kind of like seemed like a no-brainer to me.
0: What was that transition like physically going from lacrosse to
1: football back then? There really wasn't too much of a transition. Lacrosse and football, I think, are very unique in that they you can kind of cross train them for especially for my position specifically, like being a receiver and a midfielder, the linear speed, change of direction, strength conditioning. Obviously there's a little bit more running involved in lacrosse, but that only I think helped me kind of transition over to football just because I was still in such good shape. And I think for me, the biggest thing was just getting back to the skill specific stuff, running routes, catching a football, really going against a defender that doesn't have a stick in his hand. So like stuff like that, that was stuff that I kind of focused on more just because I hadn't run routes in four years and I hadn't caught a football other than, you know, messing around in the backyard and getting back and doing that stuff was really the stuff that I focused on from the time that I made the switch to football and really my whole path, you know, going into the NFL.
0: So you get into the NFL and you play 10 great years in the NFL. Were you playing lacrosse at all on the side? Did you dabble in it, fool around in it with it in the summer? Or did you ever bring your stick out onto the football field after practice?
1: <laughs> I ha- always had a stick. I didn't really you know, we always used to bring it to the beach or, you know, do stuff like that. My wife played lacrosse as well. So she played at Penn State and that's where we met. So, you know, we'd bring it to the beach or something and, you know, never really, but honestly, for the most part, 10 years, never really kind of picked up the stick again until I decided to make my next career move and try to find the PLL.
0: (laughs) So when you did that after 10 years in the NFL and went into the PLL, how much of a I mean, you're saying that the skills sort of translate, but when you go into a league at 33 and a lot of the guys are 23 and you haven't played in a while, what was that like?
1: <laughs> I mean, I knew I, the, it was a long, It was an uphill battle for me. You know, I had to, from the moment that I decided that I was going to go play lacrosse, I really had to put a stick in my hands every single day because I knew that the skill level has changed the kids growing up these days in college, they're starting younger, they're learning the game faster. And I knew I was going to go into it knowing that these guys are very, very good at what they're doing. And I was still blown away when I got into my first practice about how good these guys were. And, you know, I had put in five months of stick work and you know all of that kind of stuff. And that kind of, helped me when I got there, but just the speed of the game, like everything had just amplified by a hundred, you know, from when I played to what it's now, I mean, the game is so fast. Those guys, regardless of if they were 10 years younger than me, they were moving like without the ball. Like, I mean, my head was spinning my first practice. Uh, So it took a minute. It took a minute to kind of get acclimated to the speed of the game but the stick skills, you know, I obviously would have had to have continued to work on that for you know, if I was going to continue to play, just because you know these those guys were just so dang good.
0: How long did you end up staying with the cannons?
1: So I was with the cannons through training camp, played in two games for them, and then they actually traded me to the whip snakes. I played in the game for the whip snakes, and then the saints called me and asked me to come to training camp. So I essentially terminated my contract with the PLL, which I had already put that in there before I signed, knowing that I hadn't closed the door on football. And Saints called, went to training camp, and they signed me the next day. So PLL was done and moving back to the NFL.
0: (laughs) Was there any second-guessing that at all? Were you at all like, hmm, I like this lacrosse stuff. Maybe I should stay. Or did when the Saints
1: called, you're like, oh, okay, buy lacrosse. Yeah. You know what? It was... For me, it was, it was more about like my, leaving my family, my wife and I, you know, we live apart during the year, like for the last 10 years, she's a doctor, she has her, you know, running her own practice now. And throughout the years she was in med school and her residency. And So we always lived apart. So I think the biggest thing for me was, you know, having to leave my family, again, you know, which was the biggest decision. And my wife was really the one that pushed me to go take this on for, you know, another season and then, you know, you can bring your butt home and keep it here. (laughs) But, um, so she pushed me to go do it. I mean, she knows how much I love playing football and the PLL was something that I wanted to do. I wanted to prove that I could not play for 10 years and still be able to compete with these guys. And I think that given, if I was able to practice a little bit more and play in these games and have more experience, I think I would have continued to just continue to get better and better and better just because that's the type of athlete that I am just kind of the consistency and practicing is something that I've really benefited from but you know when the Saints called and I had an opportunity to go play again football I you know really didn't want to pass up on that
0: what drove the decision to retire
1: family we're having a you know our fourth child <laughs> Any day now, uh, we could cut this podcast short if you know she goes into labor. So four, four um,
0: kids, and do you still have those two really enormous
1: dogs? Yes, uh, we actually just <laughs> we recently just lost one, um, but we still have you know the massive one. So he's so it's a full house, complete chaos. And you know, the being down in New Orleans was great. I honestly, I wouldn't have gone down there if I didn't have a chance to go play for Sean and be a part of that, that organization. And they were amazing to me. And they gave me a, a role, you know, I worked my way. In, you know, I don't think anyone really expected me to come into training camp and kind of do what I did and to work myself into one of those receiver roles. You know, it was a lot of fun for me and it gets to a point, you know, when you're away from your family and you're away from your kids, when, you know, your kids are finally starting to realize that dad's not home and, when's dad coming home? When are you coming? When are we going to see you next? You know, that starts to take a toll on you, you know, emotionally and mentally. And for me, I just, it was time. And in my heart, I felt that. And I knew that when I had that feeling that it was time and I knew that I was having a lot of fun playing football. I love that team and I love the guys, but I know that my family is, comes before everything and you know i haven't regretted it a day since it happened obviously you're gonna miss playing the sport that you love but like being able to be here and be with my wife through the you know last half of this pregnancy and not have to worry about trying to get on a flight to make it to the delivery room and doing all that takes a lot of stress away from from her from you know, me from our family and it's been nice to be consistently around
0: You're still pretty young, and obviously fit and kind of driven to do this kind of stuff. Do you have any athletic goals for your retirement? Are you going to start running marathons or doing any fight? You're going to be in the next MMA fight.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I've taken up golf pretty seriously since I've had the time, but I think marathons. My wife is the you know she has that on me. She did a marathon already. I haven't done one. I think I'm going to. I don't know what, you know, my athletic career is going to look like in the next couple of years. I know that I'm not going to be able to sit still or not try to challenge myself and do something. You know, my wife wants to bring me to CrossFit, so I'm sure I could dive in there and take that on and see if that's something that interests me and, you know, competing there and doing that. So I'm always going to be active. I'm always going to be doing something. It's just, you know, I'm not exactly sure what that looks like.
0: Did you play football and lacrosse at the same weight?
1: Yeah, essentially. Oh, you're six uh, my my weight in lacrosse, it was probably about that consistently. When I got to the NFL, I, I came in at around 215, 217. And that was fine for me when I was playing majority of special teams. But when I started to make the transition to playing more receiver, I felt like I needed to be lighter. So I think at my lightest, that was around 203, 204.
0: Where have you landed in retirement?
1: that 206 207 so i'm hovering around there (laughs) just Um, doing nothing so i'm I'm happy with it
0: (laughs) doing doing nothing at all
1: i mean um, other than playing golf and hopping on the bike every now and then wow and chasing my kids around. So I mean, obviously that's something.
0: <laughs> I do want to talk to you a little bit about training for football and for lacrosse. Like you were known for speed in both sports. How much of that was God given and how much did you have to work at it?
1: I think obviously I was I've always been fast. I think that my the speed, the strength, the agility, that stuff I had to really work at. I was never a very consistent. My form running was awful when I got to the league and the guy that I started training with, he changed everything for me. His name is uh, Mike Wadango. He owns a gym called Freak Strength in Jersey. And every single year we were always back to the basics of form running, being able to be as cover as much ground and be as consistent as possible because playing receiver, you know, in the NFL is, yeah, there's a, a huge majority of it is about speed, but it's also about being able to be consistent with your footwork and being able to be on time with your routes. And so all of that kind of stuff I worked on a lot and the strength of everything, you know, we always tried to improve and we, we worked at it, you know, a ton, every single off season. went back to the drum board and really just kind of worked from square one. You know, we went from starting with body weight stuff and moving up to eccentrics and the, you know, and plyos. And then, you know, we were always doing sprints and always working on my form just because he knew how important that was for, you know, my injury prevention, making it lasting through a season. You know, my mobility was something that I have stressed ever since I got into the league. I I never stretched, you know, it was something I just never did in college and it was never really something that people stressed. I get, you know, 10 years ago. And I started to see the importance of being able to be flexible and be able to be mobile. And and I knew that was going to go a long way with the injury prevention. And that was the biggest thing for me, you know, being available. I wouldn't be able to last in the league if I wasn't able to be on the field. And, you know, I can hang my hat on that. I never had a soft tissue injury for 10 years. That's amazing. And, you know, you go up and down the line of these rosters and guys are hand these grinds all of that kind of stuff but I think it just goes back to the you know to all the work that you know I would put in during the off season, and you know the years previous and just kind of staying with it throughout the year as you know as tiring and as boring as some of that stuff can be I think it really benefited me you know over the years.
0: This concludes part one of our conversation with Chris Hogan. Be sure to check out part two and follow Chris on both Instagram and Twitter at, at Chris Hogan underscore 15. Until next time, for more information on Food of the Gods or to download other episodes, visit us at foodofthegodspodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram at, at foodofthegodspod or email us at podcast at gmail.com. Food of the Gods is a Digitant podcast production.